Welcome to the weekly sermon podcast from the First Christian Church in Great Bend, Kansas. We are a church with a mission of inspiring ordinary people to live extraordinary lives for Christ. It really doesn't matter who you are, what you have done, or how you choose to worship. You belong here. We pray that this week's sermon blesses you and that you feel God's presence through it today. So today we are in week three of our sermon series called Living a Foolproof Life. And remember, what we're doing in this series is exploring some of the ancient Hebrew wisdom found in the book of Proverbs to see what it is this God-inspired wisdom has to teach us about how you and I can live better, less foolish lives. So this morning, and to continue our journey, we are getting into a proverb that shows us that contrary to popular belief, the words we speak matter. And not only do they matter, but they actually carry within them the power to either create or destroy life. So Proverbs 18.21 begins in this way, and it says, The tongue has the power of life and death. The tongue has the power of life and death. Now, on first reading of this opening line, I think for most of us, if we get honest, this proverb seems to be a bit of an exaggeration regarding just how powerful the things we say actually are. That's kind of our common sense thing. And part of the reason why we believe this is most of us have been taught this little saying growing up, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Anybody know that saying? Yeah, I think we've all been taught that. And what, what's meant by this modern day proverb is because words are not physical things that can literally be used to hurt us, like being hit with a stick or having a stone thrown at us. We think that words just aren't that dangerous or are things that, that really don't have the power to cause us to hurt. And of course, in one sense, that's absolutely true because physically speaking, words do not have the power to hurt us in the same way that physical objects do. But what I want to point out to all of you today, which is the wisdom of this proverb, is in another very important sense. This saying, sticks and stones can break my bones, but words will never hurt me, is a flat out lie. In that when you take a moment to think about the power that words have in your own lives, what you're going to find in most cases is that words actually are some of the most powerful forces in your life. Or words really do have the ability to create or destroy, to do great things, or to cause unspeakable evil. Or to help you see this, let me walk you through this truth at a couple of different levels so you get a gist of what I'm talking about here. So, for some reason or another, since the moment I was born, my father actually believed that I could do anything I set my mind to. Whether that be becoming a professional athlete, which he was wrong about that, I'm just going to point that out, Uh, running a business, being a minister, whatever it was, my father really did believe that the sky was the limit to what I could achieve. And it's not just me. This is the way he was for all three of his boys. And so what that looked like for me growing up is at least a couple times a month, whether I was struggling or thriving, my dad would take some time to remind me in specific ways, depending on what was going on, that I had the ability to do great things if I would just go do the work. And then because of that, or because I spent the early part of my life hearing those words in a thousand different ways, whether it was true or not, I believed it. I believed it. And because I believed it, if there was something that I wanted to do, if there was a goal that I wanted to chase, to a certain extent, it was without reservation that I would just jump right in and do it. Or on many different occasions, it never even occurred to me that I wouldn't be able to do something or that something would be too hard for me. And all because of these words that my father spoke to me over and over again as I was growing up. 
Oh, and by the way, every single time I see my dad these days, he does the same thing. It's just who he is. It's in his DNA. But then on the flip side of that, as I got older and started having relationships with other people who didn't have my dad, but instead had parents that told them that they couldn't do anything, or even worse, they called them stupid and weren't going to amount to nothing. I had some friends that had to deal with that at home. What I discovered from those people is that even though in some cases they were far more talented or smarter than I was, because they believed the words that their parents spoke to them, they weren't even willing to go out and chase their dreams or to go out and do great things with their lives. No, because they actually believed that they weren't good enough or smart enough or whatever had been spoken to them. They settled for a life that was far less than what they had the ability to accomplish. Or to make this logic even more simple, imagine for a moment that you have two kids who both have the same kind of physical and mental abilities. Now imagine telling one of them that they can go out and do anything with their life while telling the other one they're stupid. So what do you think is going to happen in that situation, right? It's obvious. The one you encourage is probably going to go out and do great things with their life because they believe they can, while the other one is not because they don't believe they can. Then to keep pushing, not only do word, the words we speak to our children have power, another place where I see this truth affecting so many people in good and in bad ways are in the words that we speak to ourselves. And what I mean by that is part of what it means to be a human is we all have this kind of inner dialogue going on in our brains. There's this internal conversation going on in our minds at all the time. It can be dead silent, but your brains are always racing. And basically how this inner dialogue seems to work, besides worrying about everything all the time, anybody else have that inner dialogue or is it just me? Yeah, nope, your inner dialogue is always worried about stuff. Okay, good. So in one sense... That inner voice, those inner words that we speak to ourselves that nobody else knows about, tell us who we are. Even more than that, they define who we are and what we can do. Or to flesh this out about, I want you guys to imagine that you're up for a big promotion at work. You know, something that has the ability to change your life, something that you really, really want. Well, if you're one of those people whose inner voice is nothing but negative all the time, when you're faced with an opportunity and, and what you hear are words like you're not smart enough, you don't have the skills, those other people are far more qualified, you don't have a chance. Yeah, if those are the words that are running on a loop in your brain because that's how they go, in a sense, you're going to become a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy. Or you're going to end up taking yourself out of this opportunity before you even try, even if you might just be the perfect person for the job. But then on the flip side of that, if you happen to be one of those strange people whose inner dialogue is full of nothing but positive and encouraging words, you know, saying things like, you got this, you've been working towards this your whole life, you're the person for the job, then practically speaking, whether you are the most qualified or not, thinking those things or saying those words to yourself at least gives you a chance. So what I hope you guys are all starting to see at this point is that words really do carry within them the power of life and death, or, or the words we think and speak have the ability to either create amazing possibilities or to hold us back, which is exactly what the second part of this parable, or excuse me, this um, proverb brings to light when it adds this, and those who love it will eat of its fruit, and those who love it will eat of its fruit. Or to help you get the poetic logic here, just imagine that the words we think are like seeds and our minds are like gardens. 
Well, what that helps us to see when it comes to the words we think is you really do reap what you sow. You get out what you put in. The seed you plant will determine the plant that you get back. Or to push this analogy even further, imagine negative words being like seeds and positive words being like, uh, excuse me, of weed seeds and positive words being like flower seeds. Well, if you reap what you sow when it comes to words, then if all you're doing is sowing negative, then what is your brain going to be full of all the time? You're going to have a weed garden in there. How many of you might just have a partial weed garden in your brain right now? Anybody? Yeah. It's because of the things that we say to ourselves. But at the same time, if you're all about thinking positive, encouraging, grace-filled word, then what you're going to get is this beautiful flower garden. I don't think it's that black and white, right? I think we've all got a mixture of both what's going on in our brains. But then to push this logic even further beyond our internal conversations to the everyday experiences we all have, I want you to take a moment and think about that one person who does nothing but ooze negativity in your workplace. How many of you know someone who oozes negativity in your workplace? Anybody? Now, if you don't know someone, it's probably you. Because every, every workplace usually has one curmudgeon. It's kind of, uh, that's the way it rolls. So once you've got that person in mind, I want you to think about not only how you end up responding to this person on most occasions and how you feel when you're around them, but also think about that person's reputation within the organization and how others respond to them. Well, again, what that puts into perspective is how that person is reaping what they sow because of the words they speak. And that if all they're doing is sowing weed seeds, right, among everybody else, then what are they going to get back from everybody else? They're going to get a bunch of weeds. It's just the way it works. Or to put this ancient wisdom in a bit more modern way, and this should sound familiar to a whole lot of you because this is one of the things you're going to hear me saying over and over again for me, the best modern phrase that gets at the truth of this proverb is this. Words create worlds. Words create worlds. And I want you guys to say that with me so it'll stick. Words create worlds. There's not enough there, people. Come on. Words create worlds. Now, to see how this connects, the words we speak to our children end up forming, shaping, and even creating their worlds. It's just how it works. And educators, I really want you to keep this in mind as you head back to school this year because of the power your words have over your students' lives. Then the words we speak to others end up shaping those relationships and how people respond to us, right? If we're negative all the time, that's what we're going to get back. The words we speak to ourselves, either positive or negative, end up creating our reality, what we believe about ourselves, which means, again... The words that we use, regardless of the circumstances, carry within them the power to create the very realities and paradigms that we live in and function out of every single day, clearly showing that words are not these weak little things that can't hurt, but are some of the most powerful forces that exist in our world today because they really are the building blocks upon which everything is created. So you guys still with me at this point? So let's take this to an even further point, right? We get that words shape our worlds. But what I want you to see is how worlds sh word shape our realities in big picture kind of way, the, the way the world works. And to see this, all you got to do is you got to take a moment and think about Nazi Germany, all the death and carnage and pure evil that came out of that movement. Take a moment and think about what you know about the concentration camps and how six million Jews, along with many other people, were exterminated. 
So get that in mind. Then while you're keeping that in mind, I want you to think about the United States of America and how throughout the history of this great nation, people, for the most part, were not perfect, have been able to live lives of prosperity and freedom and hope and joy in this pursuit of happiness. But what you need to understand about these two drastically different realities is both of these words, excuse me, worlds, were created by words. In that for Germany, it was Hitler's manifesto, the Mein Kampf, along with his final solution that created that horrible way of being that world. While for us as Americans, it was the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution that created our reality and our world. You can't get away from words. Words are the foundation to everything that we are, everything that we believe, where we live, how we function, how we work. That is the power of words. And if you really want to see this, there's this great little um, exercise you can do. So what I want you guys all to do this afternoon when you go home just for fun, because I know you're not going to be playing outside today. Let's be honest about that. While you're sitting at home in the cool, I want you to try to go 15 minutes without using words. Now, at first, that sounds pretty easy, right? I'm just going to sit around for 15 minutes and not talk. No, no, no. To really make this work, you can't even think words. Now, what that exercise puts into, it, we, we just never think about this stuff because it's so foundational. It's part of the water. It's a part of who we are. It's nearly impossible unless you're sleeping. And even in your sleep, I don't even know if it's possible. And, and what that reveals to us is words are the foundation to everything that we are. It's how we think. It's how we make sense of things. That is the power of words, which means again, again, words aren't these weak little things that don't matter. No, words are the foundation from the smallest things to the biggest things. That's how powerful they really are. And what all of that ultimately means, if we really do want to become a people who live better, less foolish lives, then a big part of what that looks like is not only understanding the wisdom of this proverb in that death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat of its fruits, but most importantly, it's living this wisdom out every single day by taking control of the words we speak and think. Or to maybe push this even further, Change your words, and you change your life. Think about that for just a second. It, it doesn't seem right right at first, but if you'll give it a moment. So if you are in a relationship, if your things at home are, are rough or whatever, you're in a dark place, change your words and see if that reality doesn't change just like that. If you're in a dark place in your life, you're feeling you know, kind of depressed and all that kind of stuff, change your words and you will change your life. And then even on a big you know, scale kind of thing, how do we make changes around here? It's, it's policies and procedures, governmental, all that kind of stuff, also within organizations. Change your words. You change everything. That is the power of words. And if you guys will learn to control your words, if you'll learn to see it that way, your life will get a whole lot better. That's where you find wisdom, my friends. Let us pray. Father, help us not just to get the, the logic of what is being said here. That's pretty easy, pretty straightforward for us to understand. But help us to actually live it out every single day by taking account of the words we speak to others, the words that we speak to ourselves. 
or, or Lord, help us to be a people who truly understand um, that words matter, that they make a difference, that who we are and how we treat others by what we say, by what we think, is a huge, huge deal. And even more than that, O oh Lord, when we find ourselves in those dark places and, and the negativity is just coming at us, help us to take a moment and just stop and be still and hear the words that you speak over us all of the time. You are my beloved child, and I love you. I created you for a purpose to go out and do great things. Lord, help us to hear those words, not the words of the world, so that we can go out and be the people you created us to be. Lord, we ask this all in your name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon, and we hope you are able to join us next week. To learn more about FCC Great Bend, visit us online at firstchristianchurchgb.com. Again, that's firstchristianchurchgb.com. God bless and have a great week.